Welcome to the Expository Word Podcast, where you can hear classic recorded messages from Kimber Kaufman. Throughout these messages, Kimber faithfully follows the text to deliver God's message and to practically apply it to life. We trust you will enjoy listening to these classic recordings, and in just a moment we will join our teacher with the message. We believe that some of our listeners may have additional recorded messages from Kimber at home. If you have a cassette and would consider sharing a recording with our audience, please contact us through our email at theexpositoryword at gmail.com. Today, Kimber continues teaching through the Word, and our hope is that you will be challenged and encouraged by listening in. Let's turn now to Kimber. So let's look at some important scriptural statements about spiritual gifts. Now you're turning to Romans chapter 12. But if you would notice, uh, first what we looked at this morning, the scripture says as we started off here this morning studying Ephesians chapter 4, but to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. I tell you, it is exciting, isn't it, to think about the fact that each individual known by God and loved by God and saved by God's grace is also equipped for service by having been given specific special, special gifts that only they have. And the, the, the kind of gift and the amount of that gift has been carefully measured by Jesus Christ. A portion is the word measured. Carefully measured by Jesus Christ and given to them as exactly as what is needed in the body of Christ. Now, another major teaching is from Romans chapter 12. And I think that it is interesting to understand this verse in light of spiritual gifts. Because as we saw this morning, it, let's, let's read, you can follow along as I read. It says, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. Uh, there's another place in 2 Corinthians that talks about why do you act, that, that, why is it that you seem as if you acted as if you've received these things of your own, as if you're coming about this, these abilities on your own? You know that you have not, cannot do anything unless you have received it from God. And so it's important to know that each individual, and by the way, this is a tremendous doctrine in the church, and it is called the universal priesthood of all believers. And that is that each individual believer has a ministry. The royal priesthood talked about in 1 Peter chapter 2, and in, in, the, in the idea of us being made priests from Revelation chapter 1, is taught in Scripture that each one of us have a ministry as believers. There isn't like uh, s- someone else has to do it for us. Now there are um, special positions of, of leadership in the church, but there is this, this ability that every believer has to each one of us. And notice what is said here. Think of yourself properly with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Don't think too highly of yourself. If you've been specially gifted, don't think so highly of yourself. Realize that it is a gift of God and you need to use it for the common good. In fact, don't be proud, but think of yourself as one gifted by God to do a particular work. I think one of the exciting things is that God is sovereignly in control of our lives. God knows what is best for us. God has a plan for our life. And one of the things he has done for us is given us abilities to do particular works. But I'll tell you, uh, all I can tell you is this. And I say this humbly and I say this to you uh, with absolute sincerity. I love, I absolutely love the gift that God has given me. And I am so thankful to be able to be one who gets to study his word and gets to stand up and proclaim his word. And it is a humbling thing. And along with that gift and the development of that gift comes many, many trials and sad times in my life. And that is 
uh, part of the ministry. Remember, Paul said to endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. But the, but the, the idea of getting to stand up and to preach, and, and I, I mean this sincerely, I, I could not wait for time to pass to get to Sunday so I could preach. I could not wait to get into the pulpit to preach God's Word. There is something about it that, and I, and I realize there's lots of prejudice against God's Word. I realize there's lots of prejudice against the name Baptist on a church. I realize there's lots of prejudice about people sitting here that are basically saying, don't you convince me that you can help me. I'm not, I'm, I am miserable and don't you try to change me. You know, uh, I, I know that that's all part of it too. But I, I will tell you, it is a wonderful thing to use your gifts in alliance with the God who made you and, and to use it with, for the common good, as we'll see more about. But notice what goes on to say in Romans chapter 12, look what it says. Just as each one of us has one body with many members. You want to see an example of that? Just look down, and there you see it. One body, many members. And these members do not all have the same function. Now, there it is, fellow members should, all have, should have all kinds of various ministries. Now, just a basic driving home point about spiritual gifts is just as the body is the illustration and all the different parts of the body are made up to do different things, as we used illustrated the tooth this morning, so it is in, in the church of Jesus Christ. Now, that needs to impact us. That means to make us say, okay, well, my part may not be something that's noticed, and may, but my part may be not something that gets a lot of praise. And it's very likely that though there are a lot of hard things about being a pastor teacher, for instance, there's also a lot of benefits, a tremendous amount of benefits, I would say. Uh, and, and some of you, it may be less difficulties, but it may be less benefits. And you don't want to complain and be griping about your position, but to worship the Lord Jesus by laying down your life as a fingernail or laying down your life as a wrist joint or laying down your life as to whatever particular gift it is that God has given you. Um, so let's continue then. Um, in Romans chapter 12 and verse 5, it goes on to say, and you can follow in your Bibles and look up here. So in Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. My friends, there is such an emphasis when you start to study spiritual gifts about unity. There is such an emphasis about oneness. There is such an emphasis that I, I, it really it staggers my mind for people to say, nothing about church membership in the Bible. It staggers me for people to claim to know the New Testament. It is so obviously a part of New Testament culture, not just to be associated with people, but to be intimately involved. In fact, in, a fee, in, in the book of Acts chapter 5, when Ananias and Sapphira drop over dead, it says, no one else did dare join them. And the word join there is the word for sexual union. It's talking about intimacy, closeness of people. And in, in other words, that's the word that could describe what's going on in the church, and that is there's a closeness. We're vitally connected to one another. And notice, as, a, as one body vitally is connected. So, so if you aren't, the, the, if, you're, if you're just the, the, the little joint right here, you've got to do the function so everything can work in the body. Though much different in our work, yet we all belong to each other just like to the parts of the body. I'll tell you, I would love for there to be in this church a growing, deepening understanding of commitment to one another. There is such a laissez-faire, there's such a, an attitude of, well, if I don't like this church, I'll find another one. Well, I think I'll just, you know, sort of see around and find out what ministers to me. There are people that, that go to one church for one meeting and another church for another meeting, and they go all around going to different churches because they want all of their needs met. And I want to tell you, listen, friends, it's important that you understand what commitment is. And, and, and that's, this whole idea comes out that you are going to use your gifts. And people say, but people don't appreciate it. But I tried and it didn't work. Well, come and shake my hand. I had to have that experience every week of my life. 
People don't like what I say. People don't want to do what I say. People are critical of me. I know all that. Are you going to quit because of that? Come on. Don't be a quitter. Just because, just because it's a little difficult, do you think that you're supposed to use your gift? Everyone's just supposed to fall down and say, hallelujah, praise the Lord for what you've done. You see? Hey, realize that you have a part there and don't be listening to all that. Because uh, we all are members of each other just like we're parts of the body. We're committed to each other. And so... We have different gifts according to the grace given us. Now get this emphasis, it's being said there. Look at your Bibles in Romans 12. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. Now here is one of the gifts being mentioned here. We'll cover them all in just a minute. We'll give you an exhaustive list of the, ver- of the gifts in regards to the New Testament in a minute. But here is one. If his gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. Do you see then how that ties in with what we just said in Romans chapter 12 and verse 3 when it says, Be humble, and the reason you're to be humble and think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. This term, measure of faith, is talking about the amount of the gift that God has given you. And so in regards to the amount of the gift that God has given you, um, uh, use it according to the proportion to his faith. In other words, what God has given you, use that. If you're one talent, use it. If you're five talent, use it. Don't look around and say, but someone's more successful than me. Just use the gift that God's given you for his glory. Now, it is unity, then, amidst diversity and amidst differences. And then, of course, we now move to um, 1 Peter. And if you'd look with me, in 1 Peter, now over to chapter 4 and verse 10, we'll cover some more verses. It says this, each of us should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. Now there again, I want you to see this whole idea is that you're given a spiritual gift. You have been graced by God in salvation so that your sins are forgiven. And you've been graced by God so that you have the ability to serve him in a special way. And one of the things I want you to notice, again, is in regards to spiritual gifts, it is to serve others. Friends, it is, it is um, you remember, there's two things that last forever. The Word of God and other people. And one thing I want you to know is that this gift that you've given is, comes from grace. And what is grace? It's the unmerited favor of God. It is the grace that loved us as sinners It is the grace that while we were enemies, it still loved us and sought us out and awoke us up and brought us to himself. It's that's the that's the whole idea behind what you're going to be doing in serving other people. In other words, the gift of God at work in your life that God's going to use is going to be towards other people. It's going to be for other people, and which means that it's going to be patient with other people and careful with other people and and long suffering towards other people, but it's going to be for the edification of other people for going out to build others up this is the very purpose of spiritual gifts please notice that you would serve others this is the this is the reason as to why you have it so that you are involved in other people's lives this idea of going away to a monastery and sitting there now if you're going to do it for a year fine you need to get holy before God and understand the Apostle Paul went off and got trained and things. But to do it just for the rest of your life, just for you to go off and be by yourself, that isn't the idea. We, the whole purpose of giving grace is that you can serve other people. Now, notice the next part of this verse, and it says this. Faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. Look at what you're actually doing. What a wonderful thing. And, and, and it never ceases to strike me when you go to a funeral and you see... Uh, a, a body in the in the casket or you you know that a body is in the casket 
It always, I, I, the thought comes back to me, Kim Kaufman, one day you will be there. And what is it going to matter for a lot of what you did with your life? What are the, so many of the things we argue about and worry about and are frustrated over and are worked up about are missing it. But if you will think about this in regards to spiritual gifts and focus on there is only one life to will soon be passed, only what's done for Christ will last, and look at what you're actually doing, get this, you, my friend, you, every individual in this room that knows Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you have the ability to be administering God's grace. You can do that. Whatever gift he has given you, as you go to serve other people and as you go to, to use that gift as carefully as possible, you are actually going out administering God's grace. Boy, I'll tell you something. I have been on the receiving end of people who have administered God's grace. Have you? Is it sweet? Is it wonderful? Isn't it something to be around a Christian and they're using their spiritual gifts on you? Well, I'll tell you something, friends. It's tremendously encouraging. And... and um, Let's go on and see what is more is being said now here from 1 Peter chapter 4, as you can follow along. It says this, If anyone speaks, he should do one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength that God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ, to Him be glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. And the point here is, if anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides. You notice the deep insight here that I have is my gift. I just reiterated the whole verse. So that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. But I think you can catch it. There's the purpose of it. Is that, is that you could be one that uh, reveals the very grace of God by what you do. And then, would you turn to 1 Corinthians 12 as we overview. Now, this is an initiation night, overviewing spiritual gifts. And seeing all that the scripture says as we got started on this from um, Ephesians 4.7. Turn to 1 Corinthians 12, if you would. And here in 1 Corinthians 12, the scriptures say this, Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I don't want you to be ignorant. Remember, it's the word agnostic. I don't want you to be agnostics without knowledge, in other words. So we need to know. Here's Paul. Paul writing to the Corinthians. I want you to understand the purpose and the, and the right place of spiritual gifts. And look here. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. Now, again, I, I mentioned this morning in one of the services, I don't know if I mentioned it both, but it's a clear teaching on the Trinity that you see when you study spiritual gifts. Because in Ephesians 4, it says Christ apportions them. Here it says the Spirit gives them. That's how you see, by the way, the Trinity in the Bible. Don't let anyone deceive you that there's some false teachings about the Trinity. And they say, show me where it says it in the Bible. It's shown like this over and over and over again in the Scriptures. Um, in, in 1 Corinthians 12, 5, there are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. And this is one thing that, because remember, there was divisions and carnality going on in Corinth. And one of the things that Paul is mentioning here is, look at, don't be ignorant. Here's some of the key points. There's different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. There's different kinds of service, but the same Lord. Don't say because your gift is different than someone else's that the spirits, they, they don't have the spirit. Also, there's different kinds of service. And I'll tell you what happens, friends. It happens in churches all of the time. And that is, one group of the church gets in competition with another part of the church. And one group is saying, we want the finances as we figure the budget out for next year. And another group says, no, we... And there gets to almost be some hostility between groups when we're all served. There's different kinds of service, but the same Lord. And we need to keep that in mind because that seems to be a, tend a constant problem in lots of churches. And here, it says there are different kinds of workings, but the same God works all of them and all men. And here again, talking about the gifts that are reaching out towards other people. Now, look at this major principle, though. 
Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. The, 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 the revelation, the manifestation, the revealing of the Spirit is given to each individual for the good of everybody. And again, that is a constant theme. When you start to study the, the, the gifts, you'll see this as a constant teaching uh, in the New Testament. All these are the work of one of the same Spirit, and He gives them to each one just as He determines. Just as the Holy Spirit is determined, He's given to you just exactly what it is that you need. This has been uh, very interesting for me to think about um, because of, I, I've often wondered, why is it that how did I get into the ministry? And why am I in the ministry? And, and uh, why is it that I am so driven and so energized on the inside about certain things and about other things in the ministry, I am, could care less about them and don't have even the slightest bit of interest? Um, and I, all I can think of in, in, in reflecting upon this, just for my own personal testimony, is it is the work of the Holy Spirit in the sight of the gift that He has given me. And I, I say this to you, I've mentioned it before, but I, I will tell you, I am absolutely confident of this. If I weren't in the ministry, I would be a lousy Christian. And that's the truth. There is something that having been kept in check and week after week having to prepare messages. And week after week to have to sit across from people and to tell them, no, this is what God's will is. And urge them and fight with them to stay biblical and to stay according to the scriptures. Something about that keeps me in line. And it seems like it's so easy for my heart to wander and to start drifting away when I'm not having that constant reminder. And uh, so that may sound strange to you, but it seems to me that the only place, as they discussed all this, they said, what are we going to give Kaufman? And the Lord said, look, we've got to put him in the ministry because he's going to be a complete loser if we don't. Now, here's the list now of all the spiritual gifts and by the way any of these that you want don't worry about frivolous notes we're going to go back and cover the individual gifts um when we get in ephesians for instance when we go there on sunday mornings and other times during the series on sunday nights we'll be talking about those and we'll be talking a lot more um about this in the days to come but here's a list of the gifts and i believe we can say that this is an exhaustive list the scripture says in ephesians 4 11 he's given some to be apostles some to be prophets some to be evangelists some to be pastors and teachers in Romans chapter, and I think you could consider those some office gifts, I mean, gifts of official leadership in the church. And then I want you to see in Romans chapter 12, it talks about prophesying, and it gives this little injunction, let him use it in proportion, to the proportion of his faith. In serving, it says, then let him serve, get on with it. In teaching, let him teach. In encouraging him, let him encourage in contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. In leadership, let him govern diligently. In showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Now, there, now you're starting to go, now we're starting to get into something juicy. I knew I wasn't an apostle. I didn't think I was a prophet. I knew I wasn't a pastor teacher, or maybe I have evangelism, but, but, but now I'm starting, maybe, maybe I'm serving. Maybe I'm to be teaching or encouraging or contributing to the needs of others. Or leadership or showing mercy. And I will say this, if you just listed every time a gift is talked about in the scriptures, I believe you'll find 22. But some of them are doubled up. So it's somewhere between 17 to 19. But I will tell you this, that 
I don't think that there is, by intention, an exhaustive list given in the scriptures. I don't think when people say, what is your gift, you have to give a biblical answer. Now, I think you should know what your gift is, but I don't think that it's necessarily, it's ex- when, when the Bible says, what is your gift, and um, somebody says, well, it is in, in building buildings, I don't think you're going to find one in the scriptures. And yet I think that there are going to be certain people down through the history of the church that that's what they've been good at. And, and we'll talk more about this, though. Okay, we, we will talk more about this. Now, here's some more coming from 1 Peter, and it says this. Speaking and serving. And there's two examples that Peter talks about as by way of illustrations to talk about uh, more gifts. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and there's two lists of gifts in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, you have the word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, faith, the gift of faith. That's one, remember, there's universal and then there is particular specialist. The gift of healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, distinguishing between the spirits, speaking in different kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues. Then when you go to the bottom of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, you have another list, and it talks about apostles, prophets, teachers, workers of miracles, gifts of healing, those able to help others, those with the gifts of administration, those speaking in different kinds of tongues, and I believe now you have there an exhaustive list of the scriptures in regards to this. But I want us to see this. In regards to this, I want you to see one more time now, before we talk about actually how to go about discovering your spiritual gift, I want to say this quickly. In fact, let's do this. Let's read this together. I think you can do it. I'll sort of pull it down as we have time. Let's, let's read this together. Ready? Let's begin. The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all the parts are many, they form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot shall say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. 
If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And in the church, God has appointed first of all apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then workers of miracles, also those having gifts of healing, those able to help others, those with gifts of administration, and those speaking in different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? But eagerly desire the greater gifts, and now I will show you the most excellent way. A lot that we're going to have to talk about in the weeks ahead. But now, and don't, don't, not to worry, not to be too frustrated, we're going to work over this one quickly, but let's get to this, and we may pick it up, because uh, I promise we'll cover, it in, 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 uh, we'll cover it now, how to develop your spiritual gifts, but we may do it in a quick fashion. And let me say this, <laughs> some of you, I think, wish that this was a magic baton, and I could go whoosh, 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 and throw some wiffle dust in the air, it would fall down on you, and you suddenly, that's it, I have it, now let's go do it. And there would be the perfect opportunity. But let's look now at what the scripture says. First off, how to discover your spiritual gifts. Don't all go, oh, when you put this up here. Because you say, ah, that's so boring. Kim, we came all the way here excited about finding out about our spiritual gifts. And you're going to tell us that? Come on. You know, my friends, listen, the Bible says this. God's word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. For you to personally study the Bible. I am absolutely convinced that the majority of Christians are frustrated in their Christian life. And one of the reasons is they don't ever study the Bible. They read it for a little devotional wit. They get for a little bit of a, are they looking for a little chill down their back? But there isn't a sense of letting the scriptures reach the mind in an understanding so that you can know and discern God's will. And one of the things I want you to know is that God's word is a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. Find out what spiritual gifts are. Take some time. Remember, it was, there, there is nothing wrong with this, and I won't, I won't discourage you here at this church. The apostle Paul, the Bereans, Paul was an apostle, and the Bereans search the scriptures to see whether what he said was true and one of the things i would tell you is this find out what spiritual gifts are look at romans chapter 12 ephesians chapter 4 first peter chapter 4 and first corinthians chapter 12 stop and see what is being said there make you a list of all the spiritual gifts we've just done that for you, you can get it um uh copies of this if you'd want to get you started and it gives you and if you make copies of this on paper it gives you some room to write notes that's the way we do that a lot make a list of spiritual gifts of all the spiritual gifts Look up the words. Find out what the words were. You know how to do this. We need to be Bereans. We need to be people, people diligently to study the scriptures. Read good commentaries. Find out what are some of the best commentaries about this and, and, um, and, and read and see what they're saying in regards to some of this. The second thing I want you to see is this. Pray. Honestly, earnestly pray and seek and ask God for wisdom. The scripture says things like this. You have not because you ask not. The Bible also says, and here's a great promise, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. In 1 John 5, 14. And something I want you to know is that spending time studying the Bible and spending time praying and saying, God, I want my one life to count. God, I want to know what my spiritual gift is. Father, show me what it is that I can do that you have specially gifted me for, as the scripture talks about, that's going to help me do the very best I possibly can. You see, I don't think you're going to open your Bible to Hezekiah 4, 12, and it's going to say, John Doe, your spiritual gift is. And here's a list of all the people that ever lived. That isn't going to happen. But there is a revelation from God in his scriptures for life and godliness, for all that is needed for life and godliness. And so we need to be seeking him. Now, 
Another thing I want you to see is this. Make sure that you have the right motive for, finding, for wanting to know about your spiritual gift. Uh, in listening to a tape uh, to help me in the series um, uh, this week, Wayne Mack made a tremendous comment, and he said, and I love this, he said, obedience is the organ of spiritual revelation. And I'll tell you something, friends, that is a tremendous statement. And the, way, the reason I say that is this. It, the, the motive for finding your spiritual gift is that you could serve others and that you could get involved and you could learn more about what it is to, to minister faithfully and, and Christ-like to the body. And, and one thing that is important here is make sure that you have the right motive for it. And that is not just a curiosity because we're all narcissistic and we want to just figure out, well, what is more about me? It's sort of like finding my horoscope. What is it? You know, am I a Gemini? What am I? You know, that's not the reason for finding out. The reason for finding out is so that you could say, Lord, I want to serve you, and I want to serve you in the most effective way I possibly can. So check that very carefully. And, when, and the reason I say obedience is the organ of spiritual revelation, I am absolutely convinced if you will obey first and let your feelings follow, you're going to be healed of situations. I, I am convinced of that. I can, you can say, you know, Kim, but you don't know what I'm going through. But, but you don't know what I've been through either. And the fact is, obedience brings a tremendous amount of deepening to understanding God's will for your life as you obey Him in the most difficult of times. And so, please, make sure that you have uh, the right motive. Now, another thing, then, is this. And, and this is more of what you came here tonight for, I would imagine. Okay? And that is this. Do some personal evaluation. Make some lists like this. Make some lists such as this, a can-do list. What are some of the abilities that you have? What is it that you seem to be able to do? And, and, and don't say nothing. Don't say that. There, there's things that you can do. There are things that you're very good at. Stop and take some time to make a list. What is it that I can do? Another thing, how about a have-done list? And that is, how has God used you to be a blessing to other people? Have you ever heard other people tell you, hey, this is, you know, you really have been a blessing to me because of this. What is it that you have done? Um, for instance, by the way, in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 10, this is an application now. The Bible says a deacon should first be tested. Before he becomes a deacon, he is to already be a deacon in action. And a deacon is first to be tested and not a novice. He's supposed to be someone that, that, that has shown the fact that he is a minister to people. And that, the, the point is, what is it that you've already been doing and have an interest in? Write down, what is it? In fact, it's important not to be too tight-lipped when others have been a blessing to us. Do you know that one of the ways for you to understand that what, what gift you have is for the body of Christ to help you understand it? Let me tell you, the reason that I went into the ministry... I got, I got roped in to speaking as a sophomore to my youth group, and I didn't even make a commitment to Christ until after I spoke to the youth group. I mean, there was a, it's very, it's very confusing in my mind as to exactly when I became a Christian. But I will tell you this, I got up and spoke and had this long message. I spoke for six minutes and 20 seconds, left crying, and the whole youth group was just there like in dead silence. No one knew what to do. I mean, they had a whole 45 minutes. I spoke for six minutes and walked off crying. And just walked out there and didn't want to face anybody. And the last thing I said was, if you don't go on visitation, Christ died for you. And I just walked out the door. That was my conclusion. By the way, I had been on visitation once in my whole life. And that was, the, that was the Thursday night before that Sunday night because I wanted some brownie points for blessing on the message. Now, later on, after God, later on after God got a hold of my heart, I got asked to speak again and I brought the same message back. And I had several people come up to me 
I was just turned 16 years old. And I had several people come up to me and say, I really got, you know, the Lord used you tonight. I really got a lot out of that. I said, really? And they said, yeah. And, 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 and then I got asked to speak again. And there I spoke again. And then pretty soon, I was one of the major guys that would be up there speaking on a regular basis. And then I got opportunities to speak all through college. And, and the, the, the words kept coming back. Do you know, we think that you're gifted. And that was, I really look at that as part of the way I determined and understood what gift God has given me. Now, also, make an improvement list. And that, what are you trying to improve on? What is it that you're working at? How, how good do you think it is, you are at the gifts that you're thinking about? And are you making improvement? And can other people see that improvement? Also do this. This sort of ties in together, but make a like or a dislike church list. Do you know that so many people have got such a rotten view of God that they think that if they really like something, it must not be God's will for them. And I know this is the typical attitude that many people have. If it's God's will, then I'm not going to like it. And so whatever it is, and I think that young people have this, Steve, I think young people have a lot of this, and that is the sense that if I really surrender to the Lord, my life will be miserable, you see. But I'll tell you, the scripture says this, if anyone desires the office of a bishop, he desires a good work. And one of the calls for even knowing about being a pastor is that you have a desire for it. Something else, the Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And there is a sense that as you love Jesus Christ and you really say, I want to serve the body of Christ, one of the best ways that you're going to be able to determine what your spiritual gift is, is this. What is it that you like to do? What is it? Now, also I want you to see this then, and this is one of the biggest ones that I would recommend tonight, and that is this. Seek the prayers and the counsel of godly people. The scriptures say many counselors make victory sure. The Bible says a wise man listens to advice. Now listen, go to those who really know you. Go to those who will be honest with you and to tell you like it is. Those close to you may know you better than you know yourself. And you may think that you're good in something, but those that really know you may say, no, I really don't think you are. Wayne Mack made this illustration. He said that... Um, he was uh, uh, at his church where he grew up in that he told the people, hey, I think I'm going to go into the ministry. And all the people said, oh, isn't that wonderful? That's what they said. And then he got to preach a little bit and they said, oh, young man, you're going to be another Billy Graham. That's what they told him. The only thing is, is four or five other guys in the youth group said the same thing and he heard him, overheard him say the same thing to him. And you see, that's not what's going to help anybody. It's not going to be help for us to say, oh, yes, we just are sure you're going to be blessed. In fact, I will tell you one of the reasons a missionary stays on the field for a year and a half. Do you know we spend $100,000 to get a missionary on the field, and the average missionary now stays on the field for a year and a half and then leaves. And one of the reasons is he's having trouble with his job or she's having trouble with their job. They're facing trials and troubles. They're not making it in their work or whatever it is. And they have a chance to become a hero by walking the aisle at the end of a service and saying, God has called me to missions. And who's going to question that call? And so they end up getting support and they go to school and finish their degree or get whatever it is and they go onto the mission field and they last a year and a half. All of that has taken $100,000 to train them, get them to learn the language. And I'll tell you something, it's a terrible waste. One of the great things I've heard about recently, even in some seminaries, is seminaries telling people at, at, at regular semester breaks, you know, you don't have what it takes. Now, very few seminaries want to do that because they want the bucks. 
But there it is that you don't have what it takes. And, but, but now that's, talk, that, that's an illustration, I think, about going into the ministry. But I'm talking about whatever gifts it is that you have. Find out, have you really been a help to people? Do you have some of these gifts that are talked about in the scriptures and others that maybe can be applied or implied from them? And then look at this, number six, look for open doors of opportunity. And as, as Wayne Mack said, remember this is sixth, not first. Practice the first five first. Because remember something, friends, Jonah found the ship going to Tarshish, remember? And David happened to look down and see Bathsheba. And it was very, and, and both of those guys could say, well, see, the Lord led me. So it's not always looking for it's opportunities. You've got to be careful. And, they, and they, it comes last after you have done these other things is when it happens, but, or, or when it's to be in the area of priority. But let me say this, along with this, look for opportunities such as to minister every time you're together. Please, please, people, there's, there's this big idea today that people say in regards to worship, and then I tell you, I have been excited about the way the worship has been getting better here on Sundays, haven't you? But, but, but people say today about worship, they say this, hey, Listen, go to church to worship, man. Go there. Be ready to sing. Be ready to give something to God. Don't be looking for something to get. All of that is absolutely true. But can I also say, use that in regards to spiritual gifts. Find out as you come to church things like this. Who can I minister to today? This is the Lord's day. He's risen. This is the day set aside for Him. So what day, what will I do with myself today when I go to church? I want to minister to people. Who can I minister to? Lord, let me bump into the right people. Those of you that have the gift of, gift of hospitality, for instance. Oh, and you just make people feel warm and, and good at being over to your house and make people feel acceptance. And you just have that ability about you because the Spirit of God has given it to you. I'll tell you, you ought to be saying, this church needs for visitors to be met and for friends to develop and for people to feel welcome. Who can I encourage? Lord, direct me by your Holy Spirit to encourage people. Show me what it is that we can do. And be ready to, to do that. Who can I be hospital to? Those of you that have the gift of encouragement. Lord, help me to, to be with the people that need the encouragement. Help me to say the right word to people. Be looking for people that look discouraged. And say, are you doing all right? I love you. Can, can I do something for you? Or who could I help? Every week there's people in trouble. There's people that need encouragement. There's people that their, their cars have broken down. They don't have any money to fix their cars. That happens constantly. And somebody that could encourage them? Or who, who could I evangelize? All the time looking for opportunities. Do you know in the book of Acts it says the Lord added to the church daily? And one of the reasons for that is that the early believers, in, in, in not, if you study the book of Acts carefully, you'll see it wasn't just the preaching of Peter and Paul, but it was the early believers going everywhere evangelizing. Those that had the gifts of evangelism. and Everybody was doing it. I even think of invalids can use the phone. Retired people, I know of retired people I've heard where they spend a couple days a week, and we've got some people like that. They say, uh, I'm going to give two days a week to the church. I'm going to do whatever I possibly can to serve the, 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 uh, in the latter part of my life when I don't have to be at work to serve the Lord. And you know what, something, friends? If you study what happens when the church uses their gifts, the church becomes united. There needs to be a sense of interdependency. There needs to be a sense of the fact that we're drawn to each other. You cannot do it by yourself. I'll tell you something, when the church uses the gifts, church believers become mature. And the entire church is strengthened as the whole body is committed to helping each other and working uh, in regards to, to ministering to each other. What, what a sad condition the church is in these days. And one of the reasons is because we've got this idea that the pastor and the missionary will do it. Or we've got the idea, oh, there's that dedicated few, they will do it. 
But I'll tell you something. I, one thing that we do, because we, I, I, think it's, I think we can say this, and it's in regards to the fact that we planted the church and we sort of set it up the way that, that it's, it's open for change. We've had lots of changes around here. We've gone to different buildings. We've done different things. I will tell you, if you desire to see a ministry get done, it can get done. If you desire uh, to say, I'd like to see this happening, it can get done. It, it can happen. Dream big, and that is for the Lord's glory, dream big. Th- think, think about ways in which, I- I'll tell you something, if, 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 I believe this, if you use your spiritual gift, you're going to be good at it, I believe you're going to enjoy it, I believe there's going to be obstacles and trouble, but I believe that you're going to find some success from the Lord's blessing upon what you're doing. And, and what we're going to do in, uh, in, in the next Sunday nights that follow is we're going to be studying now about the gifts of the Lord and try to find out more now about what each gift is about. And there, I, I'm not sure. I'm checking into several different tests. I'm a little bit skeptical if the Apostle Paul would have given a test for people to know how to determine their spiritual gift. But I could be wrong. And so I'm going to look. We're going to look to see about, about, tests, about some tests that maybe we could take as a congregation near the end. And then maybe, as I heard a man say this last week during one of our meetings, it seems like every church he's ever been in, that they don't care about spiritual gifts, but they just need a body. And so they just get who's ever available. And pretty soon you've got somebody who's willing and available getting stretched all over the place doing about nine different things. Anybody know of churches like that? Anybody think that that's like our church? <laughs> Those laughs were sort of like... <laughs> and so you see, there, 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 there's a way for, for, for us to change. i tell you what I want. I want to just go after this thing. I myself want to learn. And I want to... I want to plug you in so that we don't have people leading groups or doing things or doing situations that they're not good at good it's been a good good day um i i am i am excited about the new things that will be happening in the weeks ahead around here and um um, so that's good well that's the message and that concludes today's expository word Please join us again for more classic recorded messages from Kimber Kaufman. Take care.